This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Joyful Courage, a conscious parenting podcast where we tease apart the challenges and nuances of parenting through the adolescent years. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and adolescent lead at Sproutable, where we celebrate not only the growth of children, but also the journey and evolution that we all get to go through as parents. This is a place where we keep it real. Real stories, real parenting. The teen years are real messy and there aren't many right answers. But the more we trust ourselves and trust our teens, the better the outcomes can be. The parenting we talk about over here is relationship-centered. You won't find a lot of talk about punishment, consequences, or rewards. What you will hear is a lot of encouragement about connection, curiosity, and life skill development. Our teens are on their own journey. And while we get to walk next to them for a bit, we don't get to walk for them. Their work is to learn from the tension of their life. Our work is to support them and love them along the way. I'm so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. My guest today is Alicia Robertson. Alicia is an author, speaker, and trained life and divorce coach who helps recently separated women through her business, Lemonade Life. She knows exactly how devastating it is to hear the words, I want a divorce. Her mission is to change the narrative around divorce and provide support and guidance with the ultimate goal of helping as many women as possible. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Casey. So thrilled to be here. I am really excited to have you. And before we get started, I want to preface because there are some dads that listen to my show and women aren't the only ones that are being affected by divorce. I'm going to do my part, everyone, as we talk to really keep both partners in mind as we kind of navigate some of the questions that I have for you today. But what I'd love for you to start with is talking to us about how you got into doing what you do. Well, I got into this because I myself was going through separation and divorce, and it was just such an isolating experience where I would have thought for as many people that are supposedly going through this, 
that there would have been so much more support, information, resources, opportunities to thrive through this process. And there really wasn't. And I really, as a result, was stuck in my grief a lot longer. I was stuck in a lot of narratives that really reduced this experience to blame and shame and becoming a victim and a martyr. And really all of a sudden going, wait, 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 wait a second. Like none of this suits me and who I am. I'm someone who's always been of a growth mindset with a positive attitude, with mindfulness and have always stretched myself in new opportunities to go, okay, unfamiliar, unknown, scary, uncomfortable, but let's learn this. This is a project and I just Mm -hmm. need skills and tools and resources and let's go. And so I did this first for myself. And, you know, I did this for myself and for my children, because ultimately, I think we really could unpack and get our heads wrapped around, you know, unpartnering or uncoupling a partnership. But when there's kids involved, there's so much more. It's the family, it's the nest, it's the fantasy. It's so much more with so many supporting players involved. And so I knew this was a special experience for not just me, but my children. And I really wanted them to truly be at the center of this, not just lip Mm -hmm. service, you know, oh, well, you know, don't trash talk your former partner in front of the kids. Well, duh, thank you very much. Like, I get this, but how do we really (laughs) achieve the spirit of what it is that we're trying to pull together here? And it requires a lot of effort, a lot of intentionality, practice in every thought, in every spoken word, in every effort. And so what I have created in Lemonade Life that has now impacted over 30,000 women and men and children and homes, right? Mm -hmm. This is the experience that I wanted and never could find in terms Mm -hmm. of support and resources and community. So this is it. Yeah. Well, and it's so interesting, too, as we moved through the pandemic and the continuous unfolding of the reality of right now. I have so many close, close friends who have split with their partners Mm -hmm. and seeing it up close, how painful it can be because not everybody has the same kind of skill to like navigate feelings of rejection, feelings of abandonment, everything you said, the shame, the blame. And it's been so interesting. And I'm of an age, right? I'm almost 50. So like, When we're in our late 20s, it's like everybody's getting married. And then for me anyway, and then in the 30s, everybody's having babies. And now it feels like, wow, now we're all at this age where if things aren't working, people are making different choices around where their life is. And more often than not, in my circle of friends, yeah, there are kids to consider. You know, and even talking about don't trash talk your partner. Yeah, no brainer. Except when your partner is a huge asshole. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Oh my gosh, it's easier said than done. I think it's like, it's one of those things, no brainer. And that's the one nugget that seems to be out there that people always talk about. And so it takes effort and practice. Logically, we get it, but how do we really put it into practice? But I just found, and in that, to me, okay, it's just, it's actually more difficult than that. You know, not trash talking your partner is really hard, especially if this is a person who activates you in a nanosecond, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got all the things, but it actually is in all of who you are and what you display in front of the children, even when they're not in the room or in the home, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So with your clients beyond, you know, not trash talking your partner, what are some of the things that you find yourself supporting them with? Yeah. So fundamentally what this all comes down to for all of my clients is self-worth, healthy boundaries, communication, and confidence. Hmm. Those are the things that grow with us, right? And every year we have an opportunity to level up and to really start to live in a life knowing really who we are and what we want and having the courage to go for it. So I firmly believe that first we do for ourselves so that we can model greatness for our children. And so in this experience, that's the baseline, the table stakes. And then from there, with whatever we're creating or modeling through healthy boundaries and through our communication skills, we're able to establish best practice. Mm -hmm. And so best practice where children are related is that, you know, they also have transparency and inclusion through this process. And so that if we're able to clearly honor what they need most, which is safety, security, and stability, that we're able to explain to them better with every new milestone, new tradition, new celebration, change in schedule, you know, come together and schedule that we're all able to really navigate our new family dynamic with transparency and inclusion as it honors our children's stability. Yeah. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first 
first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. You know, when I think about the decision to split, right? Whether it's a decision both people come to or one person's decided, and you talk about transparency, what does that look like? Because I know I've had clients and people who struggle with what's the best thing to say? Like, how much do we share? How do we remain in our truth while also not bringing in inappropriate dynamic details. And like I mentioned before the show, most of the people that are listening have tweens and teens. And so I'm guessing the conversation sounds different for older kids than it would be if the kids are younger. But what are some tips you have for people who are either getting ready to have the conversation or maybe this split has happened because kids, they want to know what's going on. They want to hear our truth. And newsflash, they already know. Yes. Yeah, right. They live with you, <laughs> right? people. Like, come yeah. on. They know more than you know. This yeah. is what I discover with teens and adult mm-hmm. children. And as you move into that, trust me, you'll find out later, they know more than you were mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. willing mm-hmm. to go to. But you know what? I love this because language matters most, right? It's meaning, it's beliefs, it's power. This is the greatest opportunity to be a leader first in your family and delivering and sharing this news. And I had this conversation all the time, but I didn't call it. I don't want this. I'm not the person who he did, shoulda, woulda, coulda, all that stuff. Here's the thing. All of that matters because it's emotional and it's something for you to unpack and you to heal and learn and grow through. I guarantee you, no matter what was the reason you finally decided to uncouple, it was not just about that reason. And if we really take time and stock to think about it, we can come to our own level of awareness for our own personal accountability in any relationship, staying together or apart. And so what do the kids need most? The kids need to know what the decision is. Mm -hmm. Again, locus of control, right? Transparency and inclusion. And it is age and stage appropriate, right? But what they need to know is that, you know, mom will always be mom. Dad will always be dad. Mom and dad will always love you as they've always had. We will always, you know, be here responsible for the things we've always been responsible to nurture, to shelter, to bathe, Mm -hmm. to clothe, all these things, right? And then here's the single greatest statement that my clients love is that what this is about is sharing what the decision is and what is required to move forward. The story doesn't have a place. The decision is mom and dad have decided to become friends. Mom and dad have decided to uncouple and we are going to remain focused on creating our new family dynamic as co-parents. That's quite simply all that ever needs to be said. The rest, you're going to get it. From teens, you're going to get it. They're going to be thrown into shock and denial and grief. And so it's important that we make sure that we take a pause for a minute to be able to know how do we effectively support them emotionally, socially, right? And sometimes we are equipped to do that and we're enough as parents and other times we need professionals. Mm -hmm. 
But we need mm-hmm. to be able to take a hot minute to evaluate what is the best plan forward. And sometimes that space is so helpful when the kids start coming out. Well, who chose to do this? Why are you doing this? Whose fault was it? You know, you can quite simply say, this is a conversation that I want to have with you. I'm not prepared to have it. Well, you know, emotions are high. I'm going to do a what if for you. Yeah. You know, because that's the ideal, right? Uh-huh. The ideal situation is both parents appreciate exactly what you're saying and understand the implications of that calm, connected demeanor and creating that connection and consistency and safety. What happens when one of the partners is not embracing that or, you know, the hurt is so much or the skills are limited, Uh you know, and it's not both of you sitting down in front of your kids, but it's just you and you know, partner is doing their own thing and raving or doing whatever they need to do. How do we navigate that? Yeah. So here's the beautiful thing. This is only ever about you and what you can control. Right. So everything I just shared absolutely is effective and doable with one person. And you might be taking this opportunity, not only model greatness to your children, but to your former partner. Mm Mm-hmm. We didn't get here overnight. I assure you that, okay? We weren't on the same page. We had dark days and dark times and infighting and all of those things and had to figure out a way to get here. And I'm here as living proof that the more that I worked the program that I just shared, it's the long game, the more things started to come around because ultimately you're building a new relationship of trust, even with your former partner. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we can be clear, consistent, with whatever we're saying and however we're saying it, we start to establish those things. The other thing on the flip side, like you said, boundaries, this is where boundaries really matter. So the thing is, is that, hey, what will communication and conversation look like? And again, boundaries are for me and I have to hold the ownership for making the boundaries and the follow through happen. So conversation will only ever be with respect, right? As it's related to our co-parenting strategy or family planning and, you know, a positive solution. If any of those things aren't happening, we shut it down, we exit, we get out. Mm -hmm. Further to that, if this is not safe, right? Again, our primary function as parents is to keep our children safe, secure, and stable. If this isn't safe, this is an emergency call to law enforcement. So Mm -hmm. the thing is, we have to know our boundaries and manage those boundaries if they need to be escalated, you know? And I think that what matters most is that we're keeping the emotions, the judgment, the opinion out of it. What I'm trying to express here the most is that it's so hard. This is the practice. (laughs) And my clients, I work with women, it's like the practice of not responding, not reacting and choosing to respond instead is so hard. But that's the thing. No response. Right. And so, you know, don't get into the conflict. Operating from a place of emotion is just counterproductive and conflict is what's hurting the children. And so we have to stay focused to the situation, the circumstance, right? Those boundaries. Yeah. I have a friend who actually her and her ex-partner only communicate through an app. Mm -hmm. You know, those apps. Mm -hmm. What are some of those apps called? You know what? I have them listed. I never used them myself. I do have clients that use them. Some clients will use apps. Some will use email only. Some are text only. So there does need to be some 
time and distance between Mm -hmm. the correspondence. Yeah. Well, and I just love that focus on boundaries because if it's a delusion of the relationship, there are plenty of places to put boundaries in place to protect. I mean, I love, what is it? Safety, security. What did you just say? Stability. Stability. I mean, for our kids and also for ourselves. That's right. Yeah. And if we stay focused on that, it's like, okay, so how do I achieve these things? You know, what are my top priority in achieving these things? We can't have everything, but if we really get real about what matters most to us in any of these situations, we usually can leverage the results we want and that matter Mm -hmm. to us because we're no longer just reacting. We're thoughtfully responding. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate too, like you said, there were dark days in your experience. And I definitely witnessed that for a lot of friends of mine who have moved through separation and divorce. And, you know, it's the gauntlet, right? The startup, those early days, those early weeks, those early months of fear and uncertainty. And even, you know, like you said, the most mindful, you know, growth mindset, you know, this is who I am. And then something like this sits down at the table. And I just want to say for anyone who's listening, like it makes sense for all of those tools to go out the window. It's a highly emotional experience. And when emotion is high, skill set is low. Skill set is low. So that's a real thing. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, it matters as well, because if you are going to be in a highly complex situation or you have a situation with a lot of conflict, Court systems are meant to rule on evidence and facts. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty difficult to be able to establish. So what they're looking at is precedent. So you don't need any of this stuff to be, you know, even something that could really unravel things that really matter to you most, which could be access to your children, right? Or custody flow. Even if that's the motivator you need, (laughs) take it. (laughs) I am building a case right now. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, and talking about custody, you know, when I was a kid, so I had shared with you before I hit record, I'm a child of divorce. And I was really young when my parents divorced and they were really bad co-parents. They just could not stand each other. And it was known to everybody. I go to therapy. I figure all that out. You know, that as a kid, loving them both, wanting to be loyal to them both and that pendulum swing, depending on which parent was in front of me, bad mouthing the other one, it was really, really hard. And then step parents came into play and we have a really big blended family where shockingly enough, through some really heavy family experiences with us kids, everybody gets along now. It's very weird. I mean, it's awesome, but it's also like, this is, I never in a million years thought that you would go to their house for Christmas Eve dinner. Okay. I love that. Yeah, it's great. But back in those days, you know, that was the 80s, custody looked like you stayed with your mom and you went and saw your dad every other weekend in a couple of weeks in the summer. But now I have clients and friends who often it's a 50-50 split or it's a 60-40 or, you know, I'm seeing... It's different. Dads have a lot more rights, which I think is a great thing. What is typical now as far as custody goes when people split? Or is there even a typical? Is that Well, there is a typical. So depending on where you are, there is a legal standard. So in our area, the legal standard is they want to see 50-50. You know, where are you? I'm in Ontario, Canada. Okay. Okay, so they want the children to have access to both parents, to have relationships with both parents. 
And, you know, in my personally, because I am a believer in co-parenting, right? That it takes two individuals. And so that even in the beginning, when my former partner was having to learn how to be a solo parent, because I was the primary caregiver and I was the primary person on all things home, children, and home management, he needed time to learn that. And the only way he can learn that is one-on-one. That's how bonding happens. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be able to set up both parents for success. And that means also, you know, for me, I would just leave because I knew I would meddle. I knew I would introduce opinion or judgment. But you know what? The reality is I'm not a perfect parent, nor is he. And we're both going to have different ways to get things done in our own homes. And so really just starting to carve out some compassion, forgiveness, you know, respect for the other side and the journey they're on. And I will oftentimes say to clients, stop battling over it. If you are both good parents, you want your children to have as much time with either parent. You know, you want your children to be able to embrace and accept blended family scenarios. This is their reality. I think more the norm now is definitely a more equalized amount of time mm-hmm. spread over two parents, but that's still, you're still single parenting in your own home. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that it's, you know, less challenging or less sure, alone, sure. right? Or unsupported, but it just means that you do have some time and space to do some personal recovery, yeah, which is so helpful. Yeah. I'm going to throw this out there again, mostly because of my own experience and the people in my life. I'm sure that you have clients who fall into this and I have an inkling on how you're going to respond. So (laughs) you're in the 50-50 scenario or whatever the custody scenario is. And it's not an abusive situation over at the other parent's house, but it's not ideal. It's not what you want. How do you support parents who just are unhappy, for lack of a better word, with what's happening at the ex's house, whether it's follow through on rules and expectations or lack of supervision or, you know, fill in the blank. And I know like locus of control, right? We really get to be the leaders in our own space. And oh my gosh, so hard, right? So hard. I think there's two pieces to this. One is that, again, sticking to circumstance, situation, having clearly defined goals when emotions aren't high, mm-hmm. having clear expectations around moments of crisis, right? Health concerns, you know, that we know how we're going to handle or conduct our family plan amongst the two homes so that the children have as much stability as possible. So, Hopefully then every time you have to have a conversation, it doesn't come from a place of opinion and judgment. You can lean in more on the goals, right? Here are some Mm -hmm. observations. You know, our daughter is really tired and not able to keep up with the workload that she has at school. Are you noticing this in your home? Okay, well, what are some things that can really support that? Oh, bedtime. What time are you doing bedtime, right? We can start to really stay very much in the zone of, the facts and the circumstances, because sometimes other parents just need help to learn how to actually build in consistency and structure and routine in their home. But it's not coming from a place of judgment. Yeah. And as I listen to you and I'm thinking, it's so funny, I'm totally the person who kills me in my own workshops, but I'm like, yeah, but. So I'm thinking to myself, um, yeah, but. 
And I'm guessing you probably support around this too. And we do this even with our teenagers, you guys all listening, you've heard me say this before, so you probably know where I'm going. Sometimes that conversation, would you say we'd need to go into it as, hey, I want to have a conversation about bedtime and I want to work really hard on both of us practicing not getting defensive and really keeping our daughter as the center of this conversation. Because I think sometimes, you know, even I live with my husband and... (laughs) And I have feedback Mm -hmm. and opinions. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I want to be received, well, I know in my best moments that if I want to be received, sometimes I've got to kind of smooth out the runway so that as we get into the hard conversation, there's already been expectations laid. Hey, this is not about attacking you. I'm uncomfortable with this conversation because I don't want you to feel defensive. I'm just worried about our child and I want to have a conversation about our child. Do you talk to your clients about that as well when communication yeah, isn't absolutely. so easy? With all conversations, with all you know, communication and even with the kids. And sometimes that's everything you're saying. Absolutely. And then also going, hey, is this just about us information sharing? Are we going to make a decision? If we're going to make a decision, how are we going to get there? Is this majority rules? Mm-hmm. You have them most of the time. So you get to make the ultimate decision, right? Like there's lots of ways that we can create a really safe place for us to feel heard and supported. Yeah. And to be ready, right? With what are the priorities that matter the most so that you're sticking to that. We're not, as soon as we do get activated, we're not all of a sudden, no, this was the priority. This was, you know. Three years ago, you did that thing. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And the other thing too is supporting our children and in particular the tweens and teens We're supporting them to be able to advocate for themselves in both homes. Now, there's still a power imbalance for sure with mom and dad. They're still children. But as much as possible, we're receiving their feedback that might come from the other home. Like that happens a lot of time. And so we receive this feedback. And instead of, again, going into a place of judgment or opinion and launching into a reactive state is to really just be curious, right? Be curious, validate hold space for them and start to ask them what their thoughts are about it and how it stocks up against their value systems. And what is it that they would like to see being done differently? And do they feel comfortable to talk with their other parent about it? Right. No different than we would say, go to your coach or to your teacher, right? This isn't about a triangulating hot mess here because ultimately the real safety, notwithstanding, okay, if we're just Mm -hmm. in this other area, We just don't have control with what the other partner chooses to do. And this is ultimately our children's journey through that home. And so we need to equip them with as many strategies and skills to be able to work through that experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. 
So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And, you know, on that note, too, I have clients and people in my community who have kids that are moving into adolescence. And whether the divorce or separation is recent or not so recent, and even in my own experience as a 15-year-old, whereas my whole life it had been every other weekend with dad, things started to happen in my home life with my mom that I started to feel like the best place for me was actually primarily with my dad. And, you know, first of all, just having that conversation with my mom was just, well, actually it started off pretty good and then it slowly got really bad. (laughs) We worked it out, but it was really, really rough. And it was really challenging to maintain, once I did move in with my dad, to maintain relationship with my mom because she was so hurt. I'm wondering if you have clients with, because it's one thing to have a seven-year-old and you say, you get to go be with your dad or yep, it's time for you to go be with your mom and then being like, I don't want to. And you being like, oh, I'm gonna carry you to the car. It's another thing to be looking at a 15 year old or a 16 year old or even like a 12, 13 and them saying like, I don't want to, I don't want to spend time over there. Well, one, how do we encourage that relationship to be maintained? But also how do we honor what our kids want as well? Yes. And I've seen it on both sides, right? Because if the children want to go to one home exclusively, all of a sudden you're a full-time single parent, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's without a break. That's a whole different shift. And does that work for that family dynamic? And that needs to be supported. And then the other, you know, parent who is not spending time with the children, there's the loss, right? And the grief. I think ultimately this experience, I always equate it. I feel like it accelerates us into empty nesting. Mm. I feel like these are things, and I don't know what your opinion would be on this. I remember my therapist saying to me, I think my daughter was in grade one. She's like, that's it. You're now a coach mentor. (laughs) You're no longer solving for her. So, you know, as a parent, if that is the mentality, I'm coach mentor and we're helping them to independently be resourceful, resilient, capable, and independent, leave the nest, right? We know Mm -hmm. this is happening, although it's incredibly hard for all the Mm -hmm. reasons. And this experience almost accelerates that they're leaving the nest sooner. Yeah. So really it's, you know, how do we foster a great, meaningful relationship with our children that they value, right? That meets everybody's needs. And then how do we allow them to be independent of us? And so on when they're still teens and Again, I come back to obviously this healthy communication, but boundaries, right? So this isn't just a tomorrow you decide you're going to be with mom all the time. 
And then when the going gets tough over there, you're going to come back over to dads. You know, this requires thoughtfulness and, you know, an opportunity to go, what will be, what is your desired, you know, calendar or flow Mm. or right or living arrangement or lifestyle choice. And if you need that to change, then there's going to need to be this amount of notice, right? And it's so many other things, right? Does that mean that there's still real estate in the home? So there's so many pieces to unpack, but ultimately this is the journey that we're traveling with our children. It just might be happening a little bit sooner. Yeah. I'm thinking about the two sides, right? There's the parent who's child has left and the pain around that and the self-doubt and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the storytelling about ourselves. And then there's the child who says, no, I want to be with you. I don't want to have a relationship or spend time over there. And like honoring that, I mean, beyond the single parenting thing, right? But, you know, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking too, like, My favorite go-to statement is, tell me more. Let me understand this better. And then do they get to just decide that? I mean, I guess they do. They do. Well, And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't because it might not work that you are willing to have them in your home full time for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's okay too. You know, the interesting thing is I usually see Two sides, either they're very complex situations with a lot of conflict and the parent that they do not want to be with really isn't a stable, nurturing, responsive environment. That's one thing. A lot of times it's just their kids and they're selfish. (laughs) It's more convenient to be at one parent's home because that's where their friends are. Right. That's where they get access to maybe more things than what the other parent or home has. That's who can get them closer to jobs, right? Or back and Mm -hmm. forth between these things. So we also have to recognize and realize what's happening. So I would say in that situation, the reason I brought that up, that as a parent who's evaluating whether I'm going to take my child on full time, if it's just for the selfish, you know, convenience factor things, Mm -hmm. maybe we have to sit back and think about that a little bit. If it is for stability, responsiveness, nurturing, that requires a different plan. And inside of that, what I'm really hearing you say, well, what's required in that is to lift up and out of the emotion and really have a clear perspective and a willingness to be vulnerable too. Because I think when our kids are the ones who are like, peace out, I'm going to go over here, we get to do some soul searching as well around, you know, what we've brought to that relationship. When I think back to my experience, I think it was a both and of stability while also convenience. I think both of those things existed for me. And I think it was the right move as much as it hurt my mom. It was hard. It was hard times. It was hard times. Okay, so what about we're separated and we've moved on and everything's as dialed as it can be in the uncertainty of life unfolding. And we're dating and we're meeting new people. How do you support your clients? And again, we're not talking about little kids, but teens and tweens. I'm thinking about a couple of my clients in particular. As we kind of move into our new life, right, as single people and always striving towards connection and relationship, what are your tips on how to navigate that, especially with older kids who are watching, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm seven years Okay. Post-divorce. And I've now dated twice 
And so the first time, because I didn't know, I'm learning all this stuff too, right? And the first time it was, you know, wow. Because women have this pressure. I find women, and sorry for mm-hmm. the, you know, guys on here listening, but- Oh, lucky them. They get the inside scoop. Well, the thing is, is like, I found my single guy friends of the same age and stage. It was like, they could have a new date all the time. It was fun. It was fresh. They were dating. They were having fun. Whereas a woman going through the exact same experience, I got questions like, when's he going to meet the kids? Is he the one? Are you going to get married again? What? Mm, And just have fun. And so also that pressure of that, wow, you can't have him meet the kids until you know he's the one or until it's like a year later. I don't know these arbitrary timelines. Do you think that's true? I don't. Do you buy into that? Okay, good. Because that seems weird. The first time I was like, okay, right. Because I don't want my children to think that I'm slutty. It's like there's this big secret life. Right? Like, I don't want them to think I'm slutty, sleazy, revolving door, all this pressure. Honestly, Casey, I was thrown all into like all these narratives that I didn't believe. I believe in deep connection, intimate relationships, the more the merrier. And so the second time I went through it, I thought, no, I am going to be transparent. I'm going to be inclusive, age and stage Mm -hmm. appropriate. Tweens are a perfect example. I'm modeling to my children how I choose to spend time with people, how I vet friends, relationships, how I'm going to determine whether I'm going to spend more time with that person. Mm -hmm. How I'm going to determine if I'm going to invest more money into that relationship with that person. And so it was awesome because I got to share with them, what are my love goals, my mm-hmm. desires, my values, what qualities do I want in a partner? You know, what are these types of things? And they, they were great conversations. And then the same thing, you know what? Hey, now I'm spending more time with this person. I want to spend more time. If I'm having a party, of course, they're invited. Of course, mm-hmm. they're included. Now mm-hmm. to my children, we would have open conversations about this. What does this mean to them? What does dating mean to them? What are the things that they might be worried about or have concern for? All of those types of things. Again, I can take whatever matters to them and bake it into the plan. And so for my kids, it was things like, as long as you're happy, we're happy, mom. If someone treats you good, we're good. As long as they're kind to us, they're good to us. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know things. Well, are you going to marry this person again? Is it going to change our living arrangements, our lifestyle? Like, again, we can talk about these things and include them in the process. I love being able to model dating for children. (laughs) I love that. I have a client whose daughter helped her set up her online dating profile, right? right? (laughs) And I was talking to her about so many of us don't get to have that kind of transparent modeling with our kids, you know, if we're already in our relationship and what a gift Like you said, to be so transparent and to talk about, well, this is, you know, should I swipe? Should I not swipe? Why would I swipe? Who's this person? What is it about them? And all the while, you know, our teens are hearing bits and pieces around the importance of values, you know, or even like where we can get into trouble, right? Like if all I'm looking for is a hot number, what about everything else? How long might this last? I think I love that. I love that transparency and it's such a great opportunity. And even to that end, I can say for all your clients listening that are taking this so seriously, like I did the first time with all the pressure, right? And the thing is, is that what I realized is my kids don't care about (laughs) the future partners. (laughs) It was painful and it was hard. And it was all the things that we just previously talked about because it was their family and it was their father and it was their mother. That is what matters to them. That is their core, their center of focus. 
all these other players, though, that matter to you and you might want your children to get on with famously, it doesn't matter to your kids that way, you know? And so even when I ended that first partnership outside of, you know, married life, and I was able to share with the children why it was ending, they're like, they just were pretty much like cool beans. Like they just, it just didn't affect or impact them. And now I will say to you, I'm of the other side where, again, drop the labels and the titles and all these things. I identify as a single woman who pays my own taxes, lives in my own house, single parent. So I identify as a single parent, I identify as a co-parent. <laughs> and I also have a partner. So I'm also in a partnership and a girlfriend. Guess what? I can be all of those things. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it has to be working towards some end like marriage or blended families or right. right? Like in my situation right now, I've decided I would like to have a partner, but to live apart. So we're mm-hmm. together, but we don't blend our homes. That sounds pretty dreamy. Right it's about pretty now awesome because we don't want to talk about <laughs> kids and furnaces. We just want to talk about hot stuff. So yeah, just the hot stuff. <laughs> Let's just have the hot stuff house and then the kid house. That's right. I'm down with that. I like that. I like that. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So as we wrap up today, especially for the parents that are really kind of in the gauntlet and working through the newness of a whole new world, life unfolding, what advice or encouragement do you have for them as Mm -hmm. we wrap up? I think that everything we talked about matters and it will get there. But first we heal. Mm. We heal We find accessible ways to introduce self-care because self-care is about healing. But in this very moment in time, it is also about prioritizing yourself so that you can lift your energy and your ability to be in a leadership role through this experience. And so to me, the healing and the learning is the most critical part and to have faith that you are exactly where you meant to be. And as you give yourself time, safety and freedom to unpack what all of this means, that you'll be able to move forward in such an intentional, conscious, beautiful way that will allow you to, I would say, have sustained joy. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. That reminds me too, we've had some pretty big events in the last few years in our family. And what's always supportive to me when it's really, really hard is trusting that there is something here for me, right? This is a thread in the fabric of my life. And something about this experience is growing me into what's next. So I appreciate that. And try to really just have an awareness that this is painful, but it's temporary. Mm -hmm. Yep. What does joyful courage mean to you, Alicia? Joyful courage means to me that you have an ability to prioritize yourself, to live with intention for yourself according to who you are and what you want so that you can have courage to find the joy that will be, I like what you just said, the fabric of your life. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. Where can people find you and follow your work? I'd love to continue this conversation. I am on Instagram at Lemonade Life Coach. I'd love to hear from people directly. Connect at LemonadeLife.ca. And my website is LemonadeLife.ca as well. 
Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me today. This was really a powerful conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really am grateful to be here. Yay. All right. Thank you again for listening in to another show. Please check the show notes for any links mentioned in this episode. If you liked what you heard today, will you do me a favor and share it? Screenshot the show, plaster it all over your socials so that other parents know that we are creating value over here for them. If you really want to earn a gold star, head to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. This does so much for the show, for the exposure. It's a great way to give back. Thank you to my team at Sproutable for all your support. Alana, Julieta, I love you so much. Thank you to Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for keeping the show sounding so good. And you, listener, thank you for continuing to show up. This is hard work that we're doing. I encourage you in this moment, in this moment together, let's take a deep breath in and follow that into your body. Hold it for a moment. Exhale. And with that exhale, release the tension. And I invite you to trust. Trust that everything is going to be okay. I'm so happy to support you. So glad to have spent time with you today. I'll see you next week. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.